0: You're listening to the Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
1: Hour number two. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders and the general manager Dave Dickinson will join us. Eight o'clock hour, just. Mickey Kippersoff's going to join us. Uh, the retiring is number 34, March 2nd, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He'll be the fourth member of the Calgary Flames to have his mm-hmm. number retired. We'll talk to Kipper at 8 o'clock. Adnan Verk, MLB, NHL Network, Cinephile Podcast, 9 o'clock Arizona, And we're playing Impossible Flames yeah. trivia.
2: Man, are we busy? We, we busy. got lots of stuff going on. We loaded. Uh, this was a request. Yeah, well, um, oh, Cam texted. What do we got here? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Cam's ready, so you can just hear for him on, uh, oh. Okay, he's we there? Him. We got him. Yeah, but no, he's, no. He's good? Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, okay, the request. You mentioned 1894 with that baseball statistic. Yeah. Uh, somebody like uh, the song Riverboat Fantasy by David Wilcox mentions oh, the year 1894. Great year. Yeah, it was a great year. Uh, the Open Championship was still going on in
1: 1894. Was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was 1860 was founded. Look yeah, at it's
2: that. the that 151st edition. Ed- that was the 34th edition. Yeah,
1: it's the <laughs> 151st edition of the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. To preview it, uh, my co-host on Inside the Lines along the Sportsnet Radio Network on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Park guest Hotline, we say good morning to Mr. Cam Stewart. Hey, pal, how are you?
0: Hey, George, how are you guys doing? No, sorry about that. I had a little issues with the volume there, but ready to rock. Oh, I I love the Open Championship, George. One of my favorites of all time. remember back in the day, my parents used to go away. I'd have like parties there. i go, hey, why go to bed? Let's just stay up, everybody. British Open's on. Let's rock. One of my favorite tournaments, guys. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait this week. Uh, Hey, got to drive the ball straight this week, guys. It's going to be really, really important. That means Corey Connors, I think, will have a pretty good uh, Mm. finish for the canadians this week and uh i have a few guys on my radar george it should be a great tournament i'm not sure i know scotty scheffler could you believe this guy like golf channel like they talk about him but not enough yeah Twelve. what is this 12 straight we uh, What is it, eight no sorry 18 straight weeks guy's worst finish is 12th like come on now it's, it's insane this is, like this is golf it really is like yeah that that's tiger woods-esque it's unbelievable what he's doing
1: yeah the ball striking is incredible uh sticking on the theme of 1894 i like old tom morris this week cam i kind of like his chances
0: <laughs> what am i <laughs> old tom morris what the sixth or whatever isn't there yeah. like nine old tom morris's too how did I, that guy I don't know, golf with
1: such a fierce beard and mustache like how did that guy even golf
0: it's a good that's a good call George he must have weighed a lot in the wind yeah, uh, for sure. I, I don't know how many Tom for Morriss sure. there are but man I I think old Tom Morris the 7th he was the best drinker of them all he yeah. could really throw back the scotch Damn
1: yeah, right he was um you talk about driving the ball straight uh crazy stat it's the third longest open championship ever Cam. does that mean all of a sudden Rory McIlroy who absolutely destroys the golf ball is, is he your favorite? I know you just mentioned Scotty Scheffler is incredible ball striking, but fresh off his win at the Scottish Open, he's the favorite right now, along with Scotty Scheffler. Do, do you think Rory can get this done in back-to-back weeks?
0: Oh, he can. He won this tournament. at uh, His third major out of the fourth was won at Royal Liverpool. George, that's the one thing. He absolutely fits the bill for this course. Here's the thing, though, about Rory. Uh, great driver with the golf ball, but lots of out of bounds, like six and, and some of these out of bounds are like all the way up. Like, you know what I mean? All the way up the hole, you gotta be really dangerous. In my opinion, I think for balls striking straight, like Scheffler, people don't understand too. The guy's from the university of Texas. He's a great wind player. He, so people just assume, oh yeah, these American guys, you know, like no, Scheffler could do it all. Rory's number is good. I think he has a lot of pressure on himself to keep rolling. Remember Bob McIntyre, George. I had him at ninety to one. Thank God I cashed out. He was leading by a couple shots down the stretch at the Scottish Open last week. Yeah. And Rory, which he never does, hit two bombs. He hit like a thirty-six footer and a couple others. So, Rory's great. I just don't like his odds. And uh, one guy that kind of, you know, George, that we've talked about. I know on Inside the Lines, I think Colin Morikawa mm. is one of those guys. Not in not in good form. At thirty-five to one, I bet him. Here's the thing, he only played lynx golf a couple times he won in his first time remember he went over the open championship and he made it look easy right this game this guy's game fits 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 perfectly mm. great driver of the golf ball can bend it both ways and one thing what does lynx golf uh mitigate like guys who are inconsistent putters and that's that's his only weakness he has every right. other strength of his game and i think he's going to be in the mix this week and i i don't really like the guy but Brayson Chambeau, I think, is kind of a guy flying under the radar. Really? Too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, w- I want to get into a ton of guys uh, you're talking about here, too. I just want to just quickly go back to McElroy and Scheffler real quick. Uh, out of those two guys, Scheffler's putting and Rory's wedge game, which one has to be better for those guys to legitimately win?
0: Great question, George. Uh, you know what the problem is? Rory... Rory if you like him, he found something at the Scottish Open. His proximity to the hole, we talked about this, like, you know, during when we were doing golf shows before, 25 feet. And he's coming in from, like, under 100 yards a lot of the time. Isn't it amazing? Scheffler's, like, what was he ranked, like 150-something in putting, and he's still finishing third, second, third, yeah. fourth. You know? If this guy puts average, he'll win by three or four shots. So that's one of the things. It, it takes four days. You could find something. But – yeah, there's a lot of guys that could win this tournament. A lot of guys flying under the radar, some Euros too. Uh, we did a show last night. We had Alex Myers from Golf Channel on. Uh, him and Marinci, They like Victor Hovland this week. And it's, mm. I was kind of thinking about Hovland, and I'm like, you know what? He does check a lot of the boxes. Great driver of the golf ball. Absolutely straight. A little inconsistent with the putting, but I think he puts a lot better on Link's courses. So he's a guy I like for a top 10. We can't bet everybody, George, but I'm going to be riding my horses this week and uh, – I think Colin Morikawa and Ty Ooh. Hatton are going to be two horses that I'm
2: Ooh. definitely going to be on. Okay, uh, Cam. What about a guy like Ricky Fowler? Uh, had a you know rough Sunday at the U.S. Open last month, but uh, still a pretty good showing in a, in, a, in a major. What, what do you, what do you like his chances there this weekend? I think he just he he could have got him at longer odds before that U.S. Open performance, but now his odds obviously come down a little bit closer. But how's uh, how's Ricky like feeling this weekend?
0: Oh, he's feeling great. Him and the Get Along Gang getting <laughs> wasted at uh, Wimbledon with the wives. Yeah, yeah him, Justin Thomas a- and uh, Jordan Spieth, their crew. I think it's kind of funny. Like uh, Thomas was the guy, right? Guys, you know, he's like, yep. hey man, let's let's party. I'm making the money, and it was always and him and Spieth. are like now Ricky's winning. He's actually playing yep. the best out of all three. Ricky's done well in the Open Championships before. I'm not sure if he's going to win against this field, but I think he's a great top ten or twenty bet, and you can. Definitely plus money for the top 10 and top 20 is going to be pr- right around even. Uh, I think he'll probably be on page two of the leaderboard. I'm not going to bet him, but I, yeah. I could definitely see him uh, doing well.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, his work with Butch Harmon paying off after winning the Rocket Mortgage uh, in Detroit, which wasn't <laughs> yeah, live, which what, was mind-blowing. Rocket
0: Mortgage classic, George? Yeah, it and, was. And, and exclamation
1: point? Yeah, and, and that That's trophy for classic. winning that... That trophy for winning that tournament reminded me of like an Illuminati symbol. It was really weird. That thing's really weird. Cam, um, okay, I wanted to ask you. Uh, speaking of, does it does it take a ton of imagination around that course? And right away, you think imagination, you think Jordan Spieth, or is it just a bomber's course? This thing.
0: Well, I think it's a little bit of the bo- uh, of both, George. The thing is, driving the ball straight is the most important thing this week with the out of bounds everywhere. But you know what it is. <laughs> This is what I love about Lynx golf, mm. right? George, we're watching the rocket mortgage classic yes. we say, and guys are going in right. with wedges all the time. The beautiful thing about Lynx golf. Hey, I feel like playing a seven iron here, running it low, uh, Texas wedge. I'll use that putter from 80 feet. That's the thing in Lynx golf. It usually offers you like three or four clubs you can play. Just you can pick the one that you're comfortable with. So that's what I love about this. It, it, uh, you know, Awards imagination. There's a lot of different ways to get around, and I really hope the wins pick up, as we saw in the fourth round of the Scottish Open. Like, Eric Cole was, like, there. He shot, like, nine over. Uh, Sandra Shoffley, his usual Sunday swan dive, like, this guy's done. <laughs> he was right there. So, he, him, him and uh, your boy, uh, George, I, I know not one of your uh, Can't lay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Patrick Cantlay and uh, Shoffley, those are guys uh yeah. probably going to fade this week. And I know a lot of people like Cantley, I just can't bet
1: yeah, listen, he's very relatable with his Goldman Sachs hat. Uh, everyone really relatable to his Goldman <laughs> Sachs right. sponsorship. Exactly. Yeah, money? As he's, as he's spinning he's around on his yacht money. on his net jets too. <laughs> Shut up, uh, Patrick Cantlay. Um Are you an are, are you an AM PM or a PM AM guy this weekend for the first two rounds?
0: I'm both, George. I'm probably going <laughs> to is what I do. It's going to be, I do updates during the afternoon, maybe a couple, like, get 20-minute snoozes in there. That's what I love about this tournament. I love getting up early, making a huge breakfast, George Russick style. You know, when you're watching, uh, George, the way you handled it when, uh, you know, Serbia was playing. Sorry about Djokovic, by the way. I had him <laughs> to win. Uh, that that was a real train wreck. That's, I should have cashed that one that's out. That's a tough one. But, uh, yeah, I just, I watch all this golf, and I wish more tournaments were like this. It's great when you... You know, you get up. What is it? One o'clock in the morning, four o'clock. You're just sitting there, and then yeah, you pass out in the afternoon, and then yep. do it all again. It's fun.
1: Is there any better sport to nap to than golf, Cam?
0: Oh, let me try to think. Other sports I love napping to. <laughs> Baseball, I think, is a great sport to yeah. uh, drool on too. Yep. Great right on the radio. I, I'm early round tennis. Guys, like I still, I'm out barbecuing, and I'll have the TV on mute. And I'll put on, like, the Fan 590 and listen. To, I love the game on the radio.
1: Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Baseball on the radio is my jam.
2: Have you seen these uh, rakes that the bunkers uh, have at Royal Liverpool? They, uh, some golfers describing them as garden rakes. Uh, they got the wide tooths and that they could cause some issues if guys hit them into the bunkers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who the hell am I talking to? We, what, what, I'm going to the dentist? The <laughs> wide, te- wide teeth on the rakes. You know what the thing is? It's actually funny, though, guys. Take a look at the, take a look at the flagsticks, too. A lot of those balls that you chip in, in in North America, they drop. These things have to be wider and heavier because of the winds yeah. in England, Scotland, and whatever. Great so I, a lot more balls picked out. But these bunkers, guys, oh, my God, the layering on these things. Like, if you're up by a lip, good luck. It might take you two or three shots to get out of the bunker.
2: Yeah, because they're talking like the ball can get, like, leveled into the, the grooves that the rake will make, and it'll just roll yes. back down, and it'll just mess everything up. It's these really insane. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, about you, you can't really
0: do your research uh, on the show. I, I just I just, I just I just ready to go. Just
2: Google open championship and be like, oh, God, the, rakes, yes. the rakes, the rakes, the rakes. <laughs> Listen, there's something I don't know about you,
1: Cam, but there's something about there's something that's therapeutic when I'm on the golf course raking a bunker. I don't know what it is it's like the Japanese. Yeah, what's that called? Of the the garden. The sand fun. garden.
0: Yes, yes, I love I love raking bunkers too because I'm not swiffering my house <laughs> or vacuuming. It's the great, it's the best kind of work because you can do it with a beer in your hand.
1: Yeah, it's no kidding.
0: And you're not at home.
1: Uh that's the coast of Inside the Lines. Cam Stewart joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest island. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Patty Dumas sitting in. Sportsnet 960. The fan. Uh, we've gone this far, not mentioned John Rahm, Masters champion, yep. uh, guy who runs hot. It's Kind of been a little inconsistent lately here, but obviously near the near the top is one in the betting favorites. What's your thoughts on John Rom this weekend? I
0: oh, that's a I looked at Rom. I think he can win. It's just one of those things though. You'd be surprised, George, for a Spaniard. Sometimes he's not good in the wind, which really mm. surprises me. I'm thinking about all the tournaments that I saw him where wins picked up and stuff, but I think Rom could be there, but he's not going to be on he's not going to be on my betting card. I might look for him a ma- a matchup if I can find good odds against somebody like Catley or Shoffley or I lay I lay a little bit of juice. But I think John Rums more of a, a top 20 play this week, a top ten. I I I don't think he's gonna win, but it's hard to bet against him, George. And you know the way we work. work. That's the whole thing about us and gambling. I, I'm one of those guys, I gotta get over it. I should just look for winners instead of odds, but I can't help it. Like when guys are like seven, right. eight to one, I kind of like usually go over them unless it's Scotty Scheffler.
1: Yeah. Um Tommy Fleetwood, I saw the cardigan Nike made him yesterday. Uh, he looked uh, very nice and warm on at Royal Liverpool, that beautiful blue cardigan. Can that guy finally break through here, Cam? Like, can, can Tommy Fleetwood win a major championship?
0: He can, but it's just one of those things. Uh, the It's weird, George. Like, when I'm watching golf, I'm like, why can't Xander Schauffele finish the deal? Why is Tommy Fleetwood one of those guys who has just one bad couple bad holes all the time he was there in the Scottish Open again right like he was yeah. right at the top it was uh McIntyre uh McElroy. he was there and then a couple loose holes and he's done he can win but I prefer to uh not bet him George I you know what the thing is when a guy stung you that many times you mm-hmm. know what I mean like he's a better top 10 top 20 bet I'm not taking him to win
1: uh Brooks Kepker, Cam Smith uh which one would you take
0: man here we go. You guys, you guys had your coffee this morning. I'm just, I'm stunned, right? I, great. Actually, it's funny. A couple books. These guys are the matchup. I like, I like uh, Brooks Kepka over Cam Smith this week mm. for some reason. People don't understand Brooks Kepka before he was better. Played some of his best golf in uh, overseas. He's been on the European tour before. He's been on the Euro mini tours. He hits it a mile. If, if the only thing is, Cam Smith's got a better short game. That's that's mm. for sure. And Cam Smith can get loose with the driver. He does it that week at this course. He's dead.
2: Uh, is it Corey Connors, uh, the best uh, best Canadian likely to win this week, or is Nick Taylor have a chance? What do you th- Who's uh, going to be the best Canadian uh, come Sunday?
0: Well, Andrew, good, good stuff. We've already bet Corey Connors top Canadian in a lot of markets, so go find that one on the book. I know we had uh, a couple guys from Golf Digest on this week. As I mentioned, a lot of them like Corey Connors for a top hmm. 10. They think he's going to be on page one of the leaderboard. Uh, because of his driving prowess, that's the thing. Can Corey put, uh, Connors putt? Yeah, sometimes, but you know what I mean. It's going to be hard to do it over four days. But I think Corey Connors' his game matches really, really nice to Royal Liverpool.
1: Uh, is there a chance we have a long shot win this thing, like a Todd Hamilton type, like win this thing? Like, is there a chance we see that this week, Cam?
0: Yep, a lot of euros there, George. Like, look at Bob McIntyre last week, ninety to one. What about? Uh, know what, George? I got one for you.
1: Dick Are Bland you is my man. Dick Bland there?
0: Hello, everybody. It's Dick Bland. <laughs> I'm Richard Bland. No, I, I like Patrick Harrington at one hundred and twenty-five to one. The old Wiley vet. He's been there before, yep. making a case for the Ry- Ryder Cup team and. That's the thing. I know he's on the, you know, the senior tour sometimes, but he can play with the young guys. I think 125 to one for him is a great price.
1: Uh, again, this is, this feels like the tournament though. If you're going to have a super long shot, that this is the one that can come in, right? Even depending on the weather. I just feel like the open championship, much like the PGA produces these long shot champions.
0: Yeah, it's true. Like, remember the Heartbreak Kid, Sean McKeel and his bad yep. fist pump? Great guy, though, George. I interviewed him at the Masters. Like, one of the Ooh. nicest guys. It's funny how karma works. Steve Stricker, you see what he's doing on uh, the senior tour? Yeah, mm-hmm. I-, I talked to that guy at the Masters. He was the nicest guy to me. I love Steve Stricker. But I'm going to tell you, yeah, like, what about a guy in the European tour? Uh, Richie Ramsey, another Scott, you know what I mean? Ewan Ferguson, there's a guy, um, <laughs> don't call me, uh, what is it, Thurston hell, Thurston Lawrence, not Trevor Lawrence. He's another guy with big numbers. These guys play the European Tour every week and, you know, top 10 machines. I agree with you, George. Like, It can happen at this course because if you get hot with the putter for four days, yeah. Any, any one of these guys in the European Tour between like, you know, 103, 150 to one have a great chance to win.
1: Um, what do you think the winning score is going to be at this weekend? Do you think they go low?
0: I think the winning score is going to be eleven under.
1: Mm, okay. So what? Ten or
0: eleven? If, if the win's six
1: um also before i let you go cam and this has been terrific stuff i love talking yeah, sorry with you. for
0: being late george i just sometimes on that opal it's really weird no it's okay Some, like it was blowing my, it was blowing my mind i was just like bang bang i had to look at my computer and adjust no, do i sound clear no you get different levels no it's it's beautiful okay.
1: you're, you're clear as day you. don't worry about it uh we talked to you about the teeth on the bunkers of course you're, you're clear as <laughs> day right now it's all good <laughs> Um, what is, I, I want to ask you, what is, uh, what is the first round leader in golf bet equal to? Cause that's like a bet. A lot of people love to do. It's kind of like a, if it has a lottery ticket feel to it too. is it like first innings over under in like baseball? Is it like, you know, a first period total in hockey? Like what, what is, what does that equate to when you, when you bet the first round leader at a major,
0: I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's better than all those bets. Mm. it's it's the best bet in sports because let's take a look Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna take a look at the the markets first round leader so what's scotty scheffler plus 650 700 first round leader 18 to 1 really so if you like basically all the guys that are chalked the favorites like under 25 to 1 you will get a better number for them on the first round leaders once you get over around 60 to 1 it kind of stabilizes itself but that's the whole thing like it's crazy oh yeah here we go first round leader george I got Rory McElroy plus 650 to win the tournament. First round leader, 18. Scheffler, 7 to 1, 18 to 1 on first round leader. Wow. Rom, 12, 25 to 1, first round leader. Like this is nuts. Uh, all these guys, their numbers are so much better. I know a guy that literally puts most of his units on first round leader and then sprinkles on the championship. First round leader is a great bet, too. Like nice it. and quick. If you win, guys. You got money, you could plow it back into live betting for the rest of the tournament. Most people would say put it in the bank or invest, but me and George, just roll it
1: over. Roll it over. Uh, before I let you go, Cam, uh, in the uh, the widest margin of victories, 13 strokes uh, held by our man, old Tom Morris, in 1862. He just lapped the field back in 1862.
0: It was the scotch.
1: Yeah, yeah it was hard scotch. It was a real
0: piss tank. But I- <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I it actually iron think clubs. There might be a playoff. Yeah, but it only pays four to one. I think this the winning score will be by like one one stroke. I don't see anybody running away with it. It's going to be too close and a playoff wouldn't shock me. I just need a little more uh, value than four to one. If you gave me like six, seven, I'd uh, definitely take a shot at it.
1: How far do you think you could drive the golf ball if you were able to use old Tom Morris's driver and his ball? How far would you hit it?
0: Uh, probably about 90 yards <laughs> wow that far <laughs> i don't know yeah. you think so? how far do those feather balls go they're not t- they're not t- Titleist i can tell you that yeah. absolutely i don't even know how those guys did it to be honest with you it just seems made up
1: yeah it was insane uh and like the clubs would warp because they were made from wood like it's just insane how they played golf back then uh camp stewart uh inside the lines co-host uh have fun watching the open championship pal we'll catch up soon thanks for this
0: you got it, George. Sprinkle a little bit on Cow uh, and Hatton as my horses. And uh, uh, another guy, I hate to say it, Justin yeah. Johnson's one of the. the. He Ooh. can bomb it, too. Watch out for him at 40, 45. If one, he's
1: interested he in winning, in. we'll see.
0: That's the thing about DJ. We don't know. Yeah. Like, he comes home to Paulina and Wayner all the time. His life's pretty good, but if yeah. he wants to win, he could be there.
1: Yeah. Uh, hopefully, she's not near him to hurt his back again. But uh, hopefully. Um... <laughs>
0: don't, don't fall down the stairs, Justin. They're <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. steep. <laughs> easy there uh <laughs> the stairs are very slippery at augusta national
0: <laughs> yes they are after about 17 rum and cokes
1: yeah um, hope
0: you guys enjoy the golf
1: yeah we will terrific job cam thanks for this pal
0: yeah all good so, say hi to Mika saw. you guys are getting uh wow i'm a d-lister and you're bringing up no you're like, not no. we got dave dickinson five. next like Ooh, we got I'm all strong. these stars
1: yeah, oh, we're big time here in Calgary here, Cam.
0: I got to be honest with you, George. Like I, I'm lucky to get like a guy from like <laughs> you know FanDuel on the show. You guys are doing great. <laughs> Keep it up.
1: And w- when are you coming to Calgary? Your brother lives here. When are you coming?
0: It's funny you mentioned that. I'm gonna probably be coming. Uh, I think I'm thinking around Christmas time. I'm gonna be coming. Okay. I know it's a long time, but he's bringing the kids here for my mom and dad's anniversary in August. So I'm okay. gonna be spending time and. I talked to Joe Madden too. She's a, a gambler that's on our network, and she's in Calgary. And I yep. want to go see her and a couple other people. I love Calgary. I heard the Stampede was off the chain. Still, we had some people on from Calgary. They still look drunk. Yep. Uh, it seemed like a mm-hmm. good time. I hope the chuck wagon races were uh, fantastic. No, I love Calgary. I used to. My brother does tile out there, and I wish I could get out there more. George. Yeah,
1: but you uh, come for Christmas. You know, you know the guys we'll at studio. What's
0: what's what's? Yep. Work work cam work, and uh, yeah, I like to get a paycheck.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have you in studio if you make it to Calgary.
0: Awesome. We'll do I'd that. I like that, actually. I like right. that. Go Thanks, Stamps. Pal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one, guys. There he is. Thanks, Cam. Uh, Cam Stewart, co-host of Inside the Lines. Uh, terrific stuff. Straight ahead. Yes. Uh, by the way, he was on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. If you didn't know, 15-time Consumer Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Dave Dickinson, the head coach and GM of the Calgary Stampeders, next. And Mika Kiprasov at 8 o'clock. He's coming. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
0: You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
1: It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. Calgary Flames legend Mika Kiprasov will join us, having his number 34 retired to the rafters of the Scotiabank Saddledome on March 2nd against... The Pittsburgh Penguins. And we'll play Impossible Flames trivia at 8 30 for your chance to win a $50 gift card to VK Bruco and some swag from VK Bruco. But right now, he is the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders and the general manager on the Atlas Pizza in Sportsburg. As and we say good morning to Dave Dickinson. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me back on. No problem. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, your memories of uh, Mika Kiprasov, Any, I'm sure there are a lot of fond memories of watching him play uh. goal for the Calgary Flames.
3: I didn't have much interaction with him. I think he's you know, quiet quiet guy, family guy. Like uh, I think he obviously went back home in the off season, that sort of stuff. So uh, memories though. I mean like right, right when I came in there was some issues goal. I mean <laughs> Freddie Brathwaite was, was, mm-hmm. was doing his thing and doing having a good run and all that, but to me when Mika kinda got in there that like stabilized everything and took him on their great runs so uh yeah, I consider the goalies like quarterbacks. They get uh, too much credit and all the blame. And if you don't have a good one, you can't win anything.
1: Uh, it, it's incredible the amount of games uh, that guy logged. We just don't see it in the league anymore. He's playing like 74, 70 games like a season. He's just hammering those uh, games. Is, is that what it is? Like when, just what a workhorse that guy was? And as as a coach and a GM, isn't don't you just love those players where you kind of have to tell them, listen, you need a day off here because they're such competitors? <laughs>
3: I think that was that was the time. That, I mean I mean I don't remember Brodeur taking many games yeah. off. Uh yeah. Hashik played all the time and uh you know i think it's it's crazy you know as coaches maybe we get a little too involved uh, meaning that uh you know some guys can handle it and they're mentally they can handle it and if they have an off day they shrug it off and they move forward whereas you know i do think travel i've never had the travel these guys have i mean these guys that travel i'm sure they travel in nice planes they get treated well but it's still hard on their body and their sleep patterns and right. i do think uh that's probably the one thing that uh, would be the hardest. Uh, but he, yeah, he, he just worked. And uh, from what I was, what I was told, is uh, the the guys enjoyed being around him. He enjoyed life, and uh, a great honor for him. Excited that he'll hopefully be able to come back and enjoy his night.
2: Coach, uh, let's get to it. Let's talk about Saturday. Uh epic victory, walk-off win. Renee Paredes getting the field goal, 33-31. Obviously, uh, uh, you had it kind of in the in the bag there, and then the, the the play there by Tevin Jones right at the end. But what what was going through your mind there at the end of the game there? Just knock it down, Jonathan.
3: Well, I had two guys go for interceptions and, uh, you know, it wasn't just Mox; It was Trey went for the ball too. And that's, you know, I'm fine with going for the ball, Mm that high pointed. And, and, uh, you know, if you, if you feel you're on, you're got anybody in your way, you just got to bring it to the ground on third down and 20, whatever. what went through my, my mind was just something I can't say on air, basically (laughs) Uh, struggled there. Like really, um, you know, I felt like we had that game and, we were out playing them and they had, you know, double, double returns for touchdowns. Yeah. And when Trevor got hurt, it took some air out of the stadium, uh, you know, but sometimes it's easy to re- maybe relax a little bit. and uh, they, they stayed at it and came at us, but our guys kept the faith. And, you know, maybe we, can use that to propel us where we want to get to. It's just one game, but uh, yeah. certainly uh, should give us some momentum and give us a little more confidence, but uh, it was a classic game. Two games against us this year. If we, you know, I got to think entertainment value all mm-hmm. time high on those two games.
1: Uh, Dave, when, when you, with situational football, like in that instance, like how much does that get preached on a daily basis for you guys? And then sometimes when you, when you see it on the field and you have, you, you give your head, you, you scratch your head a little bit. How frustrating is that as a coach?
3: Well, yeah, we don't, we talk about it, but see, we don't really rep that because sometimes on those plays, guys can get hurt. So when you're Mm. throwing a ball up in practice, just for a jump ball and everybody's leaving their feet, you know, there's a good chance somebody's going to come down on another body and either turn an ankle or a knee. So you don't practice that. Um, very often because you don't feel comfortable that you can control the mm-hmm. situation and, and guys can get hurt. So you talk about it and you see where, you know, you kind of show them film and this is what we want to do. And then uh, you just got to just ultimately just get the job done when it happens. So, Hey, we won with it though. That's the key is we won yeah. in that because it's easier to coach something after a, a win and say, Hey, next time do this and not feel like it really had too much of a, an impact to you know, but it certainly uh, the stadium went crazy. Stadium went crazy, and yet our guys kept their focus. had a had a good return by Clark to get us going, and then uh, Luther made a big catch and run. When Renee obviously made the kick,
2: uh, how big was that for win for Jake? Obviously, he had a, he had a good game. He's been he's been wearing it of late. Uh, you know, in the meet, you know, just just taking the, taking the brunt of these losses against Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, to heart maybe, and then you know come back with a big uh, big performance there on Saturday. How big was that for him?
3: Well, probably more for him to answer, um, but I felt mm-hmm. like it was big for the group as a as a whole unit. Um, you know, we yeah. do have offensively. I, I know the rhetoric because I was part of it too. Is we need to be better we need to be better and we were better but you got to win and we you know we'd actually when you say rep in situational football we rep what we did uh, that last 42 seconds we rep that every week Mm -hmm. and we haven't been as successful in practice as we were in the game but uh, and I guess the urgency and knowing what to do is one thing and then actually going out and getting the job done so just just I thought the offensive unit did play better I thought uh, you know, we didn't run the ball as well as we wanted, which then allowed Jake to have, you know, a few more, I guess, aggressive calls and, and to take the ball down the field, and uh, he ended up executing them.
2: Uh, you got uh, Luther and Kunivano back, and then he had a touchdown, had the big catch on that final drive, and then Tommy Lee Lewis, uh, his CFL debut, uh, finally getting him. You've had him on the nag list for a while, had a touchdown, had a big impact in the punt return game. How happy are you to see uh, Tommy Lee Lewis uh, in his first action?
3: Yeah, we didn't give him a ton, but you know he looked apart, didn't he? I mean, he yeah. he looked strong on his return. We got a call, and it was a probably a call we earned. I mean, I I went on record saying it was a soft call because it really mm-hmm. wasn't needed, but it was probably a call that you've seen called every every game this year. So it's not like uh, surprising that uh, that happened, but. He did a good job on his few snaps on offense. And um, we're just going to now mix him in the offense a little bit more, meaning every time he's on the field, he's going to have to know. He he could be a run play. He could be a decoy. He could be the primary. We've just got to make sure that we we keep a good balance there. But he did well. He's a – He's a good little player. I mean, I, I keep saying little because he's only about five, six and a half. <laughs> but look at the strength in the lower body and yeah. his competitiveness. That's how he's been successful. I mean, he's been in the league five, six years. It's not like the guy hasn't done some good things mm-hmm. down in the NFL. Yeah. So the guy's a good player.
1: Dave Dickinson is the head coach and general manager of the Calgary Stampeders. Joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Market guest online, Big Show, Russick and Rowe Sportsnet 960. The fan, uh, Dave. Uh, I know that the scheduling in the CFL a bit of a quirk. Haven't played a home game in a month. Like, uh, d- how, how do you take that as as a, as an executive now and as a, as the head coach? Is 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 that a thing? That you have a is it an issue to pick with the with the league or not? Or that's just the schedule the way it works? Because at this early in the season, a month seems like a really long time between home games.
3: Yeah, but I think the city of Calgary is pretty busy the last 10, 12 days. They seem to have some other things going on and uh what I'm hoping is that people uh you know take a big breath and, and and find that energy to show back up at McMahon. Uh we got a we got a good matchup this week. Ottawa had another crazy exciting game themselves. Um mm-hmm. uh, it's a game that we feel we need to win. Uh, uh so we've lost a couple at home and our guys um I sent them out on a Kind of a little uh, what I call team building. They played paintball yesterday and see how many uh, welts are on their body. But we basically <laughs> we're trying to generate guys a little bit more positive feel and and come together as a team and and we really want to do that with a win at home.
2: Uh, you played Ottawa already uh, back in uh, back in Ottawa. It was it was it was, a, it was a close game. You guys kind of pulled away there lately late, uh, late I should say. Uh, what kind of challenges do they present? You know, you're getting a new quarterback here in Dustin Crom. Not a lot of film on him. Uh, he had obviously the the epic game-winning touchdown against Winnipeg. Almost did it against Hamilton two weeks ago uh, to tie the game. But uh, again, you're you seeing a quarterback for the for the first time. Not a lot of film on him. But uh, what kind of uh, challenges do uh, do Ottawa present?
3: Well, they're uh, they're actually playing confidently. Yeah. They're aggressive. They're physical. They're fast. Um, you know, I do think this quarterback has given them that spark they were looking for. Um, so we've played them, which is good. Um, you know, they they seem to have changed, and, and we'll try to change it up as well. Yeah, it's going to be a good, good game, a good mm-hmm. battle. I think, like, when you see it, uh, you've seen the CFL, it's like no momentum, then all momentum, and then who wins, who doesn't. Yep. Uh, we want to get more, I guess, business-like, meaning we want to show up and play well from opening whistle to that final one and, and uh, make sure we get out of there and walking off that field with a win.
1: Uh, Dave, does it feel like uh, the West is, is, is not that it's yours for the taking, but it feels like it's wide open here, and why not the Calgary Stampeders potentially to represent the West in the Grey Cup? Because it feels like uh, there's a lot of good teams and then there's a lot of not-so-good teams.
3: Well, I mean, I'm kind of on the on the side anybody can beat anybody like uh mm. so whether that means they're good or bad, I'm not really there yet at week uh, six or game 6 on that. I mean, uh I do think, you know, we we lost to a couple west teams early and we were able to to beat SAS. That was our first uh win against a west team in in the fourth attempt. Uh so that means we got to be better. That means we got to ultimately find ways to to win games, but also uh, improve as a team so i think it's still there that's why i didn't want to panic but hey when you're one and three it's a bit easy to kind of panic a little bit that's why we needed that win. we got it now let's see if we can build on it
2: um Punt cover has been a, a a bit of a an issue this uh, with the team this year. Yeah, obviously Ottawa had the the punt return. Saskatchewan Mario Alford had the two this past week. Uh, what are you t- what are you trying trying to get drilled there in, in the special teams? Because it, it is such a massive factor in the CFL. I think some people maybe forget about it. That is a true three factor game up here, and, and then having field position is massive, but also giving up points, not how you want to do it, but just overall, how you how you working with the punt cover team as they've worked through the uh, their early season uh, uh, malaise a little bit?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not been good. I mean, we gave up a 102-yard missed uh, field goal against yeah. Winnipeg the week before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not good enough. Now, we've had our own plays. We've been making some plays. Um, you know, I think... Not only Tommy Lee's, Clark Barnes had two nice uh, – he's had two nice returns off missed field goals himself. So um, I have to say that we've, we, we have to understand as coaches we can't just continually do the same thing, meaning the same punts, the same style. We have to alter things. We have to change how we're going to coach these guys because it's not working, and Mark Killam's a great job yeah. to do that. So, But it's, it's an issue. It's an issue, and guys got to – you know, find ways to improve, and that that could be as simple as, uh, you know, uh, better angles, understanding who the returner we're playing, uh, more savviness. How's the guy blocking you? So, like, let's say the guy's blocking you and his, his butt is turned to the inside. Well, mm. escape him to his butt side because so, we think the return should be going inside. And don't just run blindly down the field just uh, saying, okay, I'm supposed to be here. Play with some savviness and it's a little bit of, more of a, I guess, Veteran status meaning I'm going to see it, I'm going to believe what I see, and I'm going to take it. And then you got to make your play when you're at the the point of attack.
2: And uh, just a thought, maybe on on Renee. Uh, you know, he was big, four for four there on Saturday. Had the game winner, obviously, to win it. Just just the confidence that he instills in this group. Obviously, he's got the other thing going on, being a coming a firefighter this year as well. But just uh, just the talk, you know, Renee Perez. He's, he's he's just been he's been the most consistent guy I think in this league at that position for so many years.
3: Yeah, and, you know, I could really feel like when he uh, he was hitting it. He was hitting yeah. it last game. Like he had good pop in his leg. Uh, you know, I think he's in probably as good a shape as, uh, as he's ever been. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe even better. So a uh, little bit, you know, like say we miss him the odd day, but he's done a great job with his schedule. And, uh, you know, he's in a position that really is judged by games. You know, he, you know, you know, exactly. you you can do this. You can practice, and and uh, you know, basically, you're really judged by your game. So, uh, punter kicker probably is the one position that you can miss every day or two and not probably impacts you um, as much as other positions. So, no, he did great, and it was he. You, you saw, I don't know if you saw the clip when as soon as he hit it, he started walking it off. I yeah. mean, it was like a baseball player. <laughs> yeah. He hit it. He, he knew was, he was rounding the base. He knew, and uh, he probably hit that as well as I've seen him hit a ball all year. So, in a clutch moment. Uh, great for him to to do that once again.
1: Dave Dickinson is the general manager and the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. Dave, always a pleasure. Thanks for this and best of luck this week.
3: Yep, we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care.
1: There he is in the uh, Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery call 403-248-3344. Westfield's wide open, doesn't it? Winnipeg's usually the the juggernaut of the West, the BC Lions are right there, but why not the Calgary Stampeders, Patrick?
2: Yeah, no, exactly. I think it's just waiting for for this offense to get going, and I think they showed this past week uh, that they have the ability. Getting that a healthy receiving room is is big key, and and getting Jake Mayer, uh, his confidence up, and him taking care of the ball will do will do masters for this group. It, it is, it is this this league does feel it does parity is big in this league. I know you have the discrepancy, you have the one undefeated in Toronto and then you have the winless in in Edmonton, but everyone in between, you know, it's it's everybody's ball game here. I think Saskatchewan, you know, obviously with the injury to Trevor Harris, that's going to affect them. He's going to miss a good chunk here. So we'll see Mason Fine has played as well, uh played well in this league, so he can he could probably step in. Obviously, Hamilton's moving on to a new quarterback this week and Taylor Powell, Ottawa's got a new quarterback in Dustin Crum. And I mean Montreal, I mean that was that was a that was a good game against Toronto. I think Montreal is a good group. I think Cody Fajardo can do it there. And in Winnipeg, this is a team maybe showing some signs of uh, some wear. This is, I, I thought I saw it against BC where that offensive line was really exploited with their age. And then this past weekend against Ottawa, just, just not just having, you know, unheard of having all those points unanswered on them, scored on them where they can't get anything going offensively. It's, it's weird. It's good for the league to have it and it's showing the TV ratings are up with these three really good games this past weekend. So, mm-hmm. it's good for the league. Obviously, you want to see the quarterbacks stay healthy cuz you can't hit. you don't want to see any more guys go down. You can't have an injury to Jake or Vernon Adams happen or Zach cuz we're already down a ton here and it, this league is a quarterback-driven league and we need the names to show up and and I guess this is a way to develop them develop new names but it's right. not the way it's not a proper way to develop quarterbacks in this league it's just have them come in for injured guys all the time yeah. but yeah i think this is, the west is wide open i think uh the, the crossover could definitely be an effect this year as well cuz that like three teams at two and three at behind toronto like toronto's run away with the east Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, all you have to do is get one more win ahead of the, that third place team in the, in the East and you're crossing over. Uh, good God. That's why the, uh, that's why Atlantic Canada needs to be <laughs> yeah, in the Canadian football league and, the, and 10. Yeah. Touchdown Atlantic's in a couple weeks. So they'll Sold get another out. chance to showcase uh, yep. what they got. Riders and Argos out there for another straight, uh, another second straight year. So yeah, that's like, we needed 10 teams in this league. Yeah, It needs to be in the Maritimes. Yeah. No, there's they no would other flock stuff. to go watch that. Oh, they would too. I mean, they, they, they come from all over like PEI, New Brunswick. Yeah. You know, Have it in Nova Scotia, have it in New Brunswick, whatever. Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, Mika Kippersov gonna join us at the top of the hour. Yeah, he is. Uh Calgary Flames uh legend, gonna have his number thirty four retired on March second versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh joining Lanny, Iggy, and Vernon uh Vernie, if you will, um at the uh Rafters at the Scotia Bank side of them. Uh the numbers are just eye popping for Mika Kiprasov. Five hundred and seventy six games, uh five hundred and seventy two starts. Like Three hundred and five wins, forty one shutouts, two forty six goals against.
2: And it's not like nine it, thirteen save like percentage. Obviously when they when Daryl Sutter traded for him, Daryl knew him from his time in San Jose, knew what this guy could do. But you know, his time in San Jose wasn't the greatest. I think he was five and fourteen in his career when the Flames traded for him mm-hmm. um because he had lost his backup job to Vesa Toscala. He was he was supposed to yeah. be the backup to Evgeny Nabacov, but you no know, Toscala beat him and there was a third goalie that San Jose didn't want to expose to waivers, and I mean, a second round pick for a guy with five career wins. But obviously, Daryl Sutter knew that this this guy had it in him to be somebody, and yeah, damn, it worked out. Uh, he got his first win on November twentieth against the Habs. Um, and, and there's a guy like same thing yeah. happened uh,
1: again with um, Dominic Kashuk. Started his career with the Blackhawks. Yeah, you know, behind Ed Belfour, yeah. and then all of a sudden gets traded to Buffalo. Boom. Snaps into yep. Dominic Hasek. He needs
2: to find your spot. Just yeah. Get your chance. Kiprasov
1: starts out with the Sharks, gets traded to Calgary. Boom. Turns into Mickey Kiprasov. Yeah. And like at the time there in the in the mid-2000s here, mm-hmm.
2: um, Finland was just the goalie factory and he continues to be It was be a starting to be. That was where it was It was yeah. starting. You know, uh, you had, uh, you started like, you had, uh, obviously Kipper was there. Vesa Toskala, um Pecorine. Pecorine was obviously coming out as well. Oh uh, yeah, but Nick Backstrom. This was yeah. the start of the Finnish wave of, of goaltending, really. And like I said, like it took till 2001 for a Finn to win a win a goal, uh, win a game in the playoffs, and it was happened to be that's incredible. It happened to be Mika Kiprasov. You think he knows that stat? I don't know. We should ask him. But you're sure? About I am that stat. sure. I brought it was an ESPN article from when he was traded. so yeah. A 20 year old article, and it said at the or it said at the bottom there, Kiprasov was the first. They got his first. Uh, was the first Finnish player. I want to ask him about that. Yeah. I Think he knows? Yeah. You think he knows that? Probably I don't know. doesn't. Probably doesn't. players sometimes don't they even don't know, know about their own statistics. They don't
1: know. They're like, yeah, I go out there and stop the puck. That's what I do. Um, we'll talk to him, and we'll also talk to Adnan Verk at around eight fifteen ish. Yeah, uh, MLB NHL Network Cinephile Podcast. I want to get Adnan's take on this Shohei Otani thing because it feels like the momentum's building for a Shohei Otani trade, and now kind of a built-in excuse for the Angels to trade mm. Shohei Ohtani because Mike Trout's hurt. Yep. It's like, okay, sorry, our season. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And Artie Moreno coming out saying, we're not trading him to the Dodgers. Now if they could
2: find somebody to take Anthony Rendon's contract too, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> take them that both. That guy's been dealing with injury after injury.
1: <laughs> yeah. After it, helping the Nationals win a World Series. But uh, Shohei Ohtani, where is he going to go? What's that going to look like? How many prospects? Does a team like the Rays? Are they in the mix? Makes Baltimore makes a lot of sense. If well, that's no good for the Blue Jays. No, it is Just no go good. Just go to the National League.
2: <laughs> Just get traded to the National League. I'm thinking like, like who in the, like I'm um, like if if Cincinnati really wanted to knock it out of the park and just go at it here, they have the centrals for them for the tank for the sure. taking. It cost you Ellie Dela Cruz, probably, who's like maybe next to Shohei, the most exciting player, and he's only playing like 30 games. Yeah. They can't trade him. <laughs> no, they can't
1: trade him. No, unless they sign Shohei Otani for no, no, a exactly. long term deal. Exactly. You can't do that. Yeah. All right. Uh Miki Kippersoff gonna join us straight ahead. We'll talk to Adnan Verk and we'll play Impossible Flames trivia uh it's the big show Russick and Rose no Rose Patty Dumont sports at 960 the fan